You're listening to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. Chris and Jana are parents of three, life and business partners who share their personal development techniques so you can grow yourself and grow your marriage. Chris and Jana here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. This is episode number 59. You still gave me crazy eyes. It's okay. All right. It's fine. <laughs> Guys, we got stuff to talk about today. Sure do. What are we talking about, babe? Babe. Babe. Please don't ever. <laughs> so, listen, we are still on the path of just really wanting to protect our marriage and your marriage. And that comes with just being, what? what is Cognizant? Is that the word I want to look for? Cognizant? I don't know. I don't know. Paying attention. Well, let's put it this way, right? So we put out this last episode of the the three boundaries to protect ourselves from infidelity in our marriage. And me and John got to thinking like, okay, cool. So we do a good job of of following these things. We we practice what we preach when it comes to these three things. But what's interesting and and what I was, what I was telling you, babe, is like it, it'd be very unlikely that we would fall into infidelity because we protect, we protect these things. But there are always signs of potentially falling into an unhappy marriage. Yes, and it's easy to do, especially with little kids, especially with the way life is. If the, if you're listening to this in 2020, things are just freaking crazy, and it's overwhelming. And you know, actually, I just a little side note. A few days ago, I was having a conversation with my friend, and this is what's nice about having friends who actually like care about you is you can have tough conversations. And she let me know that she's like, "Hey, I just want you to know, like, I think it's awesome that you and Chris feed well off of each other, and like you take care of each other. You guys are on the same team, but you're both really stressed right now, and one of you needs to balance that out, basically." And I'm like, "Whoa, you're right." We have totally let the anxiety and the stress and the negative and the evil that is going on in 2020 shake our marriage or honestly shake us, which in turn shakes our marriage. Right. So, yeah, for sure. Like, so things, things are not going to be perfect all the time. Right. Like, um, there was someone who was being really cynical with us. That was, um, that was close to us who, we like were fighting in front of them and they were like, not really oh, fighting. don't you have a marriage podcast? Don't Ooh. you have a perfect, I'm like, shut up. Like, right. you're stupid. We, we, we fight. We have issues just like anybody else. Right. We have uh, a marriage podcast because we can recognize that and we want to yeah. teach people. Like we always say, well, just expose ourselves. Right. For the good, for the growth <laughs> of others. Right. We really, we really need to do we our new intro. We will get an intro, but the problem is life is chaos right now. Anyway. So, Thinking about the infidelity thing, no, that that's really not something that would you know just happen on me and John. It would be very rare because we built so much evidence of, of um, of you know trust completely combating those things, yeah. right? Exactly. But an unhappy marriage could take place, and I would say the past three or four weeks, like you said, because our friend came to us and was like, "Hey, you guys just seem off." We have been off, and so these are some things that easily slip into. Easily our marriage and we wanted to be like hey these are things we recognize on maybe like uh, a intermittently these things might happen uh, but they're not acceptable and there are signs that you should also look at and and may not even think about so let's dive in boom number one your tone with your spouse yes right so 
I feel like this is different for everybody. Sometimes people have the have the passive aggressive, you're an idiot tone. Sometimes people have the like, I'm just being really harsh with you. Uh, like, I feel like I feel like there's a lot of directions. I think to your go tone here. could even be like silent. Yeah, true, true. But ultimately, it is important to to speak to our spouse. Let me bring this up. So I feel like sometimes people could say, you know, you have to have a less um, uh, a less like frustrating tone with your spouse and all these different things. But what's funny is like, we, we have a form of mutual respect and I don't really want you to be like, Hey babe, um, do you Chris. think you could, uh, I'm like, no, just, just talk to me. But that's because that's not me. Exactly. So, so maybe recognizing, Hey, like how do we usually speak to each other when things are going well? Yeah. Right. And how do we get back to that? I like that. I like that. So basically, and really just evaluating, are you speaking to your spouse more kind than you're not? You know what I mean? Like, what's the percentage here? Because obviously we're human. You're going to bite your heads. You're going to get irritated. You're not always going to speak to each other with yeah, kindness. You're super annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. Just but, kidding. you know, basically, are you nagging and being rude and cut, biting their heads nagging. off all Let, the time? Let's, do, let's talk about that. Oh, you want to talk about <laughs> nagging? If you would do the things you need to do, you wouldn't have to be told more than once. It's probably true. true. Probably true. But yeah, tone tone is a big one because I feel like I feel like it definitely reflects how it definitely re- reflects for me at least. Like, is she is she is she being respectful? Am I am I respecting her? And it all comes from you know how we are communicating with one another when we're asking each other for things or whether we're blaming each other for a bunch of things, whatever. Yeah. But Cause if everything's is going big. well, I'm probably not going to be being rude. It's true. Number two. Don't be so excited about number two. Numero dos. Number two. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Undermining your spouse in front of the children or other people. I would say undermining your spouse in front of the children. Oh, okay. you just undermine, <laughs> you'll find out why you in a second. You just undermine me in front of you'll, our listeners. You'll find out why in a second. <laughs> okay, but seriously, this is big no-no. And this is just something that I would give advice to newlyweds even that you just don't do. And it's easy to do. So here's one reason why it's easy to do. When you have usually one parent is more responsible for the kids than the other. For instance, a lot of times it's the mom because dad works and even if dad even if mom and dad work i feel like it's just motherly nature usually the parenting responsibility falls on us i could be wrong but that's how it is in our house and with most people we know so it's easy for us moms especially to pull out mama bear or or feel like we know better than our spouse when it comes to parenting the children and therefore we i know i am guilty of sometimes undermining chris by um just correcting him. Go on. Correcting him. <laughs> I'm. I try really hard not to. You are trying. Correcting yes. him in front of them, like when he disciplines. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm not. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. 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 So, when it comes to well, first off, we say spouse over kids, right? And I actually want to be clear on this. I feel like when people hear the spouse over kids, they're like, Oh, what? Yes. It's not like me and Donna are eating like 
steak every night and the kids are eating macaroni and in their room and TV they dinners. have to like cook their own food and stuff like that like sorry kids vent for yourself I mean, mom it's like not... feed, i'm like seeing a picture of me like feeding you grapes and you're like laying right. over no exactly. no it, no, it just that means that you and your spouse are a team yes. not you and your kids versus your spouse especially when it comes to discipline which is hard yes it is hard it is hard but especially when it comes to discipline because one, I think we're figuring out pretty pretty quickly, like our kids are very um, impressionable, right? And they get confused. Like, of course, whatever stems towards their bad habits or their behavior, they they just want to be allowed, you know? So if I'm if I'm saying, hey, I don't want Lola to do this, and then John is like, yeah, but why? In front of Lola, like Lola's like, oh, wait, I don't have to listen, right? And so I think- I don't do that. You do not, but- <laughs> I'm just saying there's, there's an example of anybody being undermined around the kids when it comes to discipline and stuff like that and not having that conversation handled later on, I feel like is a big no-no. And when we talk about spouse over kids, that's probably like the top thing I think of. Well, because it's saying it's disrespectful. It's disrespectful to your spouse. And like you said, it confuses the kids. And But it's something that a lot of us probably grow up grew up seeing like – one parent says no, and then the kid goes to the other parent because they know they can get it, which is a form of undermining. I used to do it to my mom all the time. My dad would say no, or my, my mom would say no to something, and I would go to my no. Wait, no, I, your dad. My would dad say no. would say no. <laughs> I'd go to my mom, and yeah, I would usually get my way. It was bad. So that obviously can create an unhappy. It can be one element to creating an unhappy marriage when one spouse or both spouses feel like they are second to the kids or that they can't parent without being judged or criticized. It just, there's a lot of, there's a lot that to unpack in that. Honestly. There is a lot to unpack, but when we're self-evaluating and saying like, okay, where are we at? Why are we not on the same page? Why are we not feeling good collectively? Why is, you know, why are things not so hot right now? I think if we evaluate, okay, how are we talking to each other? One, and two, are we undermining each other in front of the kids? Boom. Number three. This also kind of goes hand in hand, but talking negatively about your spouse to other people mm-hmm. is a huge no-no, is a huge factor that would play into an unhappy view of your spouse. Because honestly, the more you're focusing on something like negative stuff and the more you're talking about negative stuff especially about your spouse the more you're going to see that so that's going to create an unhappy situation there and obviously it's not fair to your spouse so one rule we've had from the start has been you don't bad mouth your spouse to your coworkers to your family now we do say you have a friend that you're allowed to vent to like a trusted friend each of us have like a trusted friend we can vent to but it has to be a productive vent. Yeah, but honestly, I feel like that was earlier. Um, I, there's nothing on limits now. So I, f- I feel like that was earlier on. If if we have to vent to somebody else, then we're clearly holding something back. True. And there is something that is off limits. Yeah, I'll just like we, text my friend. I have like, not. This is so stupid. I mean, no, seriously, I, I, mean seriously I, I have not like talked crap about you to anybody in, in such a long time since things have improved. And I think that has improved our marriage. Like you said, cause when you, when you open up that can of worms, it's like, all right, I, 
you it's naturally start to feel so, it's just negative. disrespectful anyways it's totally disrespectful it and it makes you look bad and and like one thing is i know a lot of people talk to their family like maybe their sister or their parents or stuff and i just want to tell you because this is something that implanted in my brain if you're talking crap about your spouse to your own family you have to realize your own family will never love your spouse like they love you and therefore you can get you love your spouse so you're going to get over whatever crap you're talking about them yep. but the family's not going to forget that yep yeah so 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 think back to like high school if someone broke your heart right you would uh I know, whoops, I accidentally broke like some people's heart back in the day, right? But you you can always feel that tension between like dad and you. It's like, are you going to hurt my kid, right? And then once it does happen, if you try to get back in that relationship, it's it's tough. It's way harder because they don't have that relationship that you had. And now on a marital level, it's a way, way, way bigger deal. No, especially with like siblings, you know, if you found out somebody hurt your spouse, I mean your sibling. Never mind. I think I drove home the point enough. Well, yeah, right. Because that person wouldn't forgive you quick enough because all they know is the hurt that you did to the loved one. Right. And then going back to like episode fifty-eight, where we're talking about boundaries in your marriage. Um, if you're talking negatively about your spouse to people like your coworkers, especially if it's a coworker who is of the opposite gender, you're opening up another can of worms, which could create slippery slope because that's when that's when you look vulnerable. And that's when it's like, oh, her husband treats her like crap. Let me right. ease my way in here. It's true. And I can because again, you're getting the best of them if you listen to episode 58. It's true. It's true. And I think something else to put in this category is if someone does talk crap about your spouse without being like passive about it, I feel like what's really important is for you to like bite their heads off and be like, Whoa, that doesn't happen. Like I know in specific, um, uh, let's see a couple of years ago, some, somebody, um, somebody said something bad about Jana and I like bit their head off immediately. I was like, "Uh, no, 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 we don't do that. Like, to the point where they literally realized what they did, it triggered them and they're like, oh, yeah, my bad. You're right. Well, and I think which made it uncomfortable, but I didn't care. I think there's a point there to be had is that you also have to think about why does that person think it's okay to say something negative about your spouse? Some people to just them. love to gossip though, for real. I know, but they shouldn't <laughs> they, they like the they shouldn't feel comfortable bad mouthing somebody that you love if you haven't bad mouthed them, you know? That's true. That's true. Definitely. Because I don't like, I don't think my family would, they don't talk bad about you to me because they know that I wouldn't stand for it. So, right. I don't know. Um, okay. So that's three. Number four, here's another sign that you could have be heading towards an unhappy marriage. Yeah. Uh, this is something I do often. I'm not a super, is it empathetic? Mm-hmm. I'm not a super empathetic dude. Uh, and so I sometimes disregard feelings very easily. It doesn't resonate with me, right? Uh, and so I think I oftentimes do this to you uh, when you're upset about, I'm, I've gotten a lot better, but 
I do this too sometimes, right? And disregarding your feelings makes you feel unimportant, unheard, frustrated. Yes, it might, yes. it actually might, you know, go all the way back up to impacting your tone, impacting mm-hmm. whether you want to support me with the kids. I mean, it kind of, it's kind of the pinnacle of a lot of this. Yeah, I think I think that happens a lot in male, female, like the females were generally the ones who are more emotional. You guys are usually the ones who don't get it as much, but you don't have to get it to respect the feelings. Like you always say, like you can't change how somebody feels. Well, you can't you can't argue with feelings. We that's what I mean. We, oh, that's what I meant. Yeah, we talk about that in uh, what uh, episode seven? Oh gosh, uncomfortable conversations where basically the way you're approaching this is like, look, you can't argue with feelings. Right. Um, if you're obviously like tagging somebody and you're like, look, you did this, you did this. But if I feel a certain way, you can't argue with that. Uh, so what has been hard over the years, I think is kind of like, well, something I like to do is I like to solve the problem. Right. Mm-hmm. I really like to solve mm-hmm. the problem. Mm-hmm. I'm a problem solver. And so sometimes if people come to me and they're not trying to solve the problem, I she doesn't want to hear about it. Yeah. Which is a problem because when I feel unheard or unseen or like the things I say are pointless, it may, it makes me feel disconnected to you. And that does happen a lot in our lives, especially when I was staying home and you were working at the gym. Like all I had to talk to you about at that point was the kids and the day and how much poop I cleaned up and stuff. And your brain was just like, this doesn't produce anything. I just am zoned out. Doesn't matter. It's true. But then, like, that's what I had to talk about. So I'm like, you're supposed to be my friend. You're my partner. You're the person I have to talk to. I only feel heard and seen if you act like you care about what I'm talking about. It's true. And so therefore, it's uh, not something where you're just like, oh, I'm just going to magically care. Uh, I feel I, <laughs> seriously. Which in my mind, I've never gotten. Like, if you care about me, you should care about what I have to say. Yeah, but then then you're fighting against your own selfishness, like me personally, I'm fighting against my own selfishness within that conversation in my head. And so for for me, some things that really helped me with that is, is trying, and I still suck at it, but trying to be a better listener and not just like interject all the Mm -hmm. time, which I'm still not amazing at. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of teaching myself at the moment Mm -hmm. as we talk about this, This because, because truly I am, I'm the more aggressive one out out of both of us. Mm -hmm. I'm the introvert, but not with us. Right. I am, I'm the more aggressive one. I'm the more opinionated one. I'll like, if me and Donna have a fight, I'm talking 70% of the time. She's talking 30. She's a much better listener. Uh, and go on. So yeah, it's, it's just something I need to get better at because part of me talking too much and not listening uh, is it disregards your feelings. Which also goes back to respect. A lot of this goes back to respecting yeah. your spouse. It's true. All right. Number five. Lack of support. And that can go a ton of ways. But the first way that popped into my mind when we were discussing this was having your spouse's back. And we kind of just talked about it. If somebody else is talking about your spouse, you you have their back. You support them, your team. It's you and your spouse against the world. And that's definitely not the case for everybody. But it goes it goes further than that. It does. I think it also, it also goes into... Um, I think it also goes into like supporting your collective vision together. Uh, that that's all always been a big one that we talk about is being on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. For instance, maybe maybe there's a scenario where one spouse 
desires to live a certain life like within their job or work a certain shift or do whatever. And another spouse is like, look, this, this, this doesn't work, right? This is actually going to impact our marriage, impact our lives, impact my happiness, all that stuff. And so sometimes because we naturally go into marriage very selfishly, like, oh, I need the person that's going to make me happy and the life that's going to make me happy and all that stuff. Uh, we tend to not, we tend to disregard our spouse's feelings. And when it comes to support, and I know I'm going deep on this, but when it comes to support, what it ends up being is like, well, th- this is what I want to do. Yeah. So you don't support your spouse's needs and wants and desires. You're supporting your own. It's true. Selfishness. I, I oftentimes look at like professional athletes. Yeah, they make a lot of money, uh, but they have crazy schedules. So, so I wonder how many of them have the conversation I wonder how many of them are not the dominant one in the relationship. I would I would go as far to say they probably like 90% of professional athletes are the dominant one in the relationship because they're like, if you want to be a part of my world, go ahead. Uh, and that's a super unhealthy way. And that's probably why a lot of like celebrities and people get divorced because you're clashing. Uh, and ultimately what it comes down to is, yeah, like we have to do this together. Teamwork. Even if the person's making more money and stuff like it still has to, so it's to work. Like for instance, we were making much more money when I ran my own business, like brick and mortar studio, all that stuff. But I didn't have the support. Our marriage, at home. yeah, no, it yeah, it wasn't good. So therefore, a recipe for an unhappy marriage. Very much so. Number six, I'm gonna let you go on this one because you feel so strong. I feel like I feel like this is probably one of the most powerful ones, and that is just lackadaisical attitude with your spouse. I feel like this is one of the most dangerous places to be. So it's like, yeah, there's not really a reason to uh, like leave this person. No, I'm not going to cheat on this person. Uh, but like, I really don't care. Right. I'm j- when you're just numb. Yeah. We're just, we're just kind of existing together. And a lot of times people exist for the kids or whatever, or sometimes people, people exist because their visions aren't on the same page or whatever. But I feel like out of all of these, like, yeah, of course you don't want like a super aggressive, toxic spouse who's abusive, but I feel like lackadaisical is a really sad one because you're wasting your life. I feel like it's sad because it's not looked at as really negative because it's not, it's not harsh. It's not like you said, abusive. It's not infidelity necessary, but you're just necessarily, but you're just existing. And a lot of marriages are like that. And I need to go back because I said numb. And and what I meant to say about that is there's probably different reasons for being lackadaisical. There's probably a ton of different reasons. I know one of them could be just a feeling of numbness in the marriage because you're not getting what you need or haven't for a long time. It's not what you thought it would be. And so you're just numb and you're just there. Or a lot of people, like you said, they just coexist for the kids because they think that's what's best for the kids. And it's just, it's not. Dude, you get one life. It's just not. You, Yeah, I just, it makes me sad. So many people are just cohabitating and, and maybe it's just even because they don't even know. And, and we've talked about this in other episodes before. You don't realize because nobody talked to you about it or you didn't see it with your own parents or whoever was your example for marriage growing up. You don't, you didn't you don't know that you can do more than just coexist, that you can plan life together and you can get excited about things together mm-hmm. and you need to be on the same path. You should know what your spouse's dream life looks like or mm-hmm. dream career, or dream future, you mm-hmm. know, like like I don't know. There's just and 
lackadaisical, I think, just stems from a lack of passion. It's just there has to be passion in our marriages, I feel like. Ledger has something to say. Um, <laughs> there has to be passion in our marriage at some level, whether it's like what you want to achieve together or what you want for what you want for your kids, which shouldn't really be like our main focus because that again is not a constant. Um, but but well, I think it's I think it's not passion. what you want them to be, but who you want them to be, and that starts yes, who, with who showing them. them. And and I think That's that true. goes back to another episode we did where we said, "Would you wish the marriage you have on your kids?" Because if you have a lackadaisical, just going through the motions lazy for lack of better terms marriage like that's what you're teaching your children or if you're sticking around just for well, them they're gonna without know the love no or the passion that's yeah. what that, that's what they're gonna know they're gonna know no different and what we do like hey we oftentimes do what our parents did or we are, we follow what we were conditioned to we either go completely opposite or we do that because it's, it, it's in our comfort zone because mm-hmm. that's what we saw Right. But yeah, I just feel like lackadaisical. No, you're not being super aggressive in your tone. You may not be arguing a whole lot. Right. Which, again, isn't super healthy. You may not be talking bad about each other. You may not be. um, But I do believe you probably are disregarding each other's feelings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's funny because you hear couples, not usually, but you do hear people are like, oh, we never we don't argue. We don't fight. I'm like then y'all hide in something or you're just cohabitating because there's no way you can have a real marriage without having discussions and disagreements. And I mean, you have to, just the key is working through them. And if you're being lackadaisical in your marriage, you're not working through anything. You're just living. Yes. Sad. It is. So, so we've self-evaluated, right? We've broken these things, these six things down a little bit and said, tone, undermining in front of the kids, talking about your spouse negatively to others, disregarding each other's feelings, have a lack of support, maybe from a vision perspective, um, and then lackadaisical, just existing, no engagement. So now you're like, okay, cool. So we've identified some of these things. Maybe some things resonate. Uh, so what do we have to do to, what's the next step, John? Well, I think the first thing is good for you for listening and re- and being self-aware enough to say, hey, wait, I'm doing this or my spouse is doing this. Chances are if you're if you are just thinking of what your spouse is doing and you don't feel like you're doing anything wrong, you might want to continue to do some self-evaluation because I believe that it usually takes both of us. And something that we've talked about before with the, Chris and I talked about with each other or with other couples, we've like not we've kind of on the side coached like by accident mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is even if your spouse is doing 99 of the things wrong and you're only doing one, you still got to fix what you're doing and, and be aware of that. Yeah. So I think just being aware is a good first step. And then you got to make an action plan to talk with your spouse and have an uncomfortable conversation. Well, yeah, here's the thing. So, while we're going through this episode, I realized out of these six things, for me, it's disregarding her feelings. Still, it's something I've not been able to like, like I've improved. Yes, but not good enough to say like, I'm not, I'm no longer disregarding your feelings because I am. And it's a problem. So what's interesting is because nothing is off limits and we've gotten to the point where we've had so many uncomfortable conversations, we can talk about it right now, (laughs) live, right? And it's like, cool. Now, when we turn this off, we'll probably be like, yeah, how, how can we, how can we move through this? Right. But if you haven't 
reached a level of saying like, okay, cool. Yeah, there are things that are off limits. Yes, we hold a lot of pride between each other. We usually don't bring up each other's whatever because I got dirt on him, he's got dirt on me type of thing. Uh, then it does come down, like like Jonna said, to the uncomfortable conversation. Unfortunately, there's no way to fix this on our own. Right? Right. Right. So if you need a little help, what'd you say? Episode number seven? Honestly, guys, we need to get a chart like in front of our face so we can refer back like all the other pros. All the other pro podcasters like, yeah, go back to episode 17. Like, shoot. Um, Anyway, so I think it's episode seven and eight. So episode seven, I believe, is is having the uncomfortable conversation. And then eight is how to have the uncomfortable conversation because we had a very uncomfortable one. A uh, lot of drama there. But uh, you got to go back and listen but you gotta go to listen find to out it. the dirt. Right. You want us to spill the tea? It's true. Sorry. <laughs> spill the tea. Spill the tea. So, okay. With all of that. Oh, oh I wanted to say one kidding. more thing. Sorry. And I think you started to touch on it, but I feel like oftentimes, at least for us, negative traits sometimes attract negative traits. So like you said, even if you're only doing one thing wrong, right? We can't expect to have a non-lackadaisical spouse if we are lackadaisical as well. We can't expect to have a spouse who talks to us better if our tone sucks with them, True. right? So we go through this list before we have the uncomfortable conversation. We say like, okay, out of all these things, what do I do? So I look at disregarding Jonna's feelings. Does she disregard mine? No, she doesn't. Because I love you. No. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, I'm a I'm an you empathetic person. I'm naturally Out of an empathetic all person. of these things, I do a good job of not undermining you in front of the kids. I I, I would actually. It no, depends. Here's the thing: because when you, you jump in, when you sometimes, which I think no, makes it look like when you yeah, when no, you let's uh, argue right here. Okay. When, when you are losing it a little bit, um, like frustrated with the kids, I purposefully do not butt in no only only time i butt in is when is when you are pretty much just like why don't the kids listen to me and you're kind of like throwing up the white flag okay yes but there's sometimes where i'm in the middle of disciplining and you jump in and i'm like hey i got it hold on let me do this for a second i'm the bad guy they they refer to me as the giant the giant (laughs) well okay the best part is our two-year-old came up to me one day and said mama the giant called me ratchet (laughs) So yeah, it's that's true. how we talk to so our kids. Apparently, I'm not saying it's good to be scared of me. Um, it's not good. I mean, listen, I'm not an amazing parent. I I need to get better. Truly, I mean, I mean, we all have to get better. I do, but I'm just saying, like, it is it is funny that that they call me the giant. But ultimately, I do come in and sometimes clean up some of the white flag messes because because I'm the one that's with them 24 but 7 that's why I don't, though I think I do a good job of not undermining you in front of the kids opposed to sometimes let's say you're a level 7 and I'm a level 7 you always hit me on the level 7 right which what I was saying earlier is because the mama bear comes out it's like it's kind of like okay. wait no no it's not but it's kind of like you ever remember probably in school I feel like it was in high school like you could be like oh I'd be like, man, my mom is so annoying. She's making me so mad right now. And then if my friend agreed and said, yeah, your mom is annoying. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, you can't <laughs> talk about my mom. It's kind of the same thing. Like, I can be like the mama bear in me comes out. It's like, I can be frustrated with the kids. And even though I don't want to be, but then seeing somebody else, even though you're their father. Don't justify it. Fix it. I'm not. I'm telling you why. <laughs> you get frustrated with them. Like, it's harder. It's harder to watch it. Right. And because I already know I'm frustrated with them. So I don't want you to be frustrated with them too. <laughs> right. Whatever. We're just talking 
here it is. See, we're not perfect. Well, all I'm saying is, yes, we have to go through this list and say, okay, if we're having the com- uncomfortable conversation, we have to realize if I want this fixed, am I doing it too? That and, oh, is yeah, step I got a one. point to make to that. And if you come to your spouse and you are humbling yourself with, hey, here's where I think I'm messing up in our marriage, I think it softens them for the conversation to be able to be like, not here's all the stuff I think you're doing wrong. It's like, hey, here, I listen to this podcast and you, these are some things that I realized, oh crap, I might be doing this wrong. Then they might be more open to having a, that conversation. That's a really good point. It's kind of like when you go to someone and you say sorry before they say sorry and they're like, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So yeah. you're right. Definitely maybe stroke the ego a little bit um, on the other person and be like, hey, yeah, I, I'm i really not be doing good in this area. Uh, and then they might, <laughs> hopefully they're not like, yeah. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> Anyways. No, I think it is important, though, to show that you're not just, if you are truly wanting to be a team in your marriage, it, I think it's important to show that. You're like, I, I know that it's not just you, but hey, we collectively, I'm not happy right now. True. Yeah. So those are the six things or six six signs, I guess you would say, Yeah. Um, that can definitely contribute to an unhappy marriage, which you need to be evaluating constantly. True, true that. So that's it. So that's it, guys. As usual, if you felt like this episode brought you some value, go ahead and share it with somebody. And also, I want to say thank you to our listeners who have purchased us coffee. What am I talking about? Yeah, what the heck, dude? Um, the what is it? It is buy buy me a coffee slash gygy. Buymeacoffee.com slash gygym. So basically yeah. what it is is we put together somebody by, by popular request. Like, hey, how can I support the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast? I love what you do. I already liked your show, reviewed it, all that. How else can I support? You can buy us a coffee. So you go to buymeacoffee.com slash G-I-J-O-I-M. It gives you basically donation options to help us with production, maybe babysitting, and just maybe right. coffee so we could actually be awake to record these. Yeah, and we put it up and we're like, whoa, people did that. That's like, crazy. People actually <laughs> bought us coffee. So thanks, guys. Yeah, super nice. So sweet, man. All right. Well, till next time. <laughs>